What up, Detroit Kool-Aid? This is your boy, Okri. I'm here with Michael Grifka, my man Griff. We're here today talking about our head coach, Matt Patricia. He's been in the seat for a while. He's been at the owners' meetings. We're leading into the draft. Grifka, haven't talked to you in a bit. Give me your thoughts on this new head coach, where we're headed, and what you're thinking about his leadership. Let me let me know what's going on. I like uh, what he's saying. Uh, they're better than nine and seven. And I like what he's doing with the team. You know, trying to get you know, you know bigger linebackers. Um, my one thing is I worry about is pretty much any coach that's came from the Bill Belichick coaching tree, you know, hasn't been as successful as Bill Belichick. I mean, Romeo Cornell, you know, was it uh, Charlie Weiss? You know, Josh McDaniels was around Denver for a couple of years. Um, All right. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's just you know me, you know worrying about that and thinking back. I mean, Patricia's his own man. He's going to do his thing. I mean, I'm looking forward to see what he can do. But you know what he's saying right now and kind of what him and Quinn have done with the team. I'm I'm liking it. Nice. Now I guess I forgot to tell the audience, the uh, Detroit Kool Aid drinkers out there, that uh, Griff has you've been a Lions fan the whole time I've known you and ever since you were little, but. We do have our fights where you do tend to be um, sometimes either the negative Lions fan or a Lions fan that uh, can't get by the past. So when you say all the other coaches have failed, my initial thing is that they weren't Matt Patricia. Um, we, we, To me, you can't really relate it to um, McDaniels, as you said, and, and uh, who was the other guy that was the GM over at the Jets? Yeah, Mangini. Oh, Eric Mangini, right. yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's just the guy yeah. I'm thinking of. So just because those bums uh, flamed out, I don't know that I hold anything against this guy. What I love about um, Matt Patricia is that he hasn't been Bill Belichick since he's come here. You know, he hasn't been totally buttoned up. He's shown the personality. Uh, he's got the ring still that we've never had before. We never had a guy with this kind of success come here and, and be a head coach. So I, I kind of like that he's been different, but he's still – has a lot, so I I uh, will always battle well, you on uh, the past, yeah. basing the future on the on the past, well, my friend. I, and well, I, I agree with you on that. You know that he's done all that. And that's what I'm that's what I'm liking about him. But like I said, it's just um when other coaches from the tree, it's just like, oh, this guy's great. You know, you got to be developing these other coaches when they go out and don't have nearly the success. You know that that he's had. It just makes you wonder, was it Bill Belichick, you know, pretty much still pulling all the strings and those guys were like, you know, kind of, you know, just the figureheads of the offense coordinator and the defense coordinator, you know, but Belichick was still making, you know, you know, 99% of the calls. Or are is, are those other guys being developed into coaches, you know, head coaches, you know? Right. You understand what I'm saying? I guess that's my only worry about it. I mean, maybe they do try. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Charlie Weiss and Romeo Cornell and, Mangini, all those guys have had their own, you know, way to coach. But, you know, Charlie Weiss was, you know, kind of the same way. He wasn't all bought up. He wasn't, I wasn't, you know, bombastic or anything like that. But still, I mean, he was showing his side. But, you know, Romeo Cornell was a little more buttoned up, like Bill Belichick. And like I said, Eric Mangini was, you know, like, you know, like they say, like, those, you know, trying trying to be like a little tyrant as well. But, I, you know, when Josh McDaniels out in Denver showed a lot of emotion, and that wore on the wore on the other guys. I think it, you know, he was it was almost kind of like Pete Carroll esque at some point, you know, where it was you know all the emotion on the sideline, you know, fist pumping and you know everything like that. But it just didn't work. So, you know, I'm not quite for sure exactly, you know, right. you know. Well, what, you, you, you got to see it, it, but 
you got to see it happen. I understand that, but like we've always battled with kind of like wait till you see or project it forward. And I just think the intelligence, the fact that he's willing to be personable with the players, but um, my my whole thing is, is he going to have the iron fist? You know, he's been so uh, affable to the media and and about loving his players. And Garrett Blunt's here because he loves Matt Pat. It's kind of like, you know, I want to make sure too that he he can rule the house and 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 does make smart decisions. Talk to me a little bit about um, where he's heading with this defense, and uh, and then I want to ask you a little bit about him and Bob Quinn being so close of what you think. You know, that is a totally different element than these other situations you brought up too. So talk to me a little bit about where he's heading with this D, because I think it's different than any defense we've seen recently with the Lions. But I think um, with him, I think where he comes from, his background, he might try to use a little more of a 3-4 and maybe, uh, I don't know if they'll use a lot of blitzes, but I think they're going to bring more pressure even than what, you know, Austin did or whoever, you know, was the coach the defense for, you know, coordinators before, you know, even when Jim Schwartz was a coach, you know, they were supposed to have a pretty tough, aggressive defense, but I'm thinking this one, they're going to look to bring more pressure, you know, with the linebackers and not just, you know, depend on, you know, their front four or if they switch to a three, four, you know, if they go to three, four, you're obviously depending on your outside linebackers to do a little more, and more pressure, you know, put more pressure on, on the quarterback. So, it sounds, you know, they're going to have like, you know, like you said, you know, they're going to have different sets. They're not just going to run the base, you know, four, three all the time, you know, and then, you know, flip to a nickel or something like that, even though a lot of defenses do run nickels now because of the, just the offensive sets. I think he's going to be one that's not, I think he's going to try to put more pressure on the quarterback, um, especially with the quarterbacks in this division. You know, you have to put pressure on Aaron Rodgers. You have to get in his face. I mean, I'm still not sold on Kirk Cousins, but still, I mean, it's one of the things I think if you get in any quarterback's face, you know, you don't give them time to set their feet. That makes your defense look really, really good. So I think that's what he's going to look to do with them. I mean, they went and got Kennard and, you know, Kennard's a bigger linebacker and they're just not going to use him at outside linebacker just to be a run stuffer. I think, you know, they're going to ask him to, like, you know, what's the quarterback. So that's That's what I was telling somebody the other Oh, that's what I was telling somebody the other day is that uh, we're kind of going through some people to be drafted. And I was kind of like, I don't know if it's the same. We're used to just looking at the draft board and going, all right, who's the 6'6", 275-pound freak athlete to put on on the edge? And, like, I, I think there's a new type of player that is going to be here, like you said, to rush the passer. And even when Schwartz was here, he was all about the D-line, but it was either that typical D-end wide. Remember the old wide nine, Griffin? The wide nine, yeah. (laughs) Or or the old DTs where we just loaded up on every DT known to man and thought we'd just get crazy pressure up the middle. I think hopefully they'll be more balanced of where their pressure's coming from, and I totally agree with you that uh, these bigger backers or these backers that can rush, He's going to find creative ways to bring them different ways and more often, hopefully, than we have in the past because I'm tired of just getting that big old edge and just having them either bend the edge or, or try to overpower the tackle. And if we can't, we never get any uh, pressure on the quarterback. So I think that will be the main change. What do you think about, uh, like, our corner situation where he's heading there and maybe uh, how he could deal, deal with the offense as well? Well, I think once again with our corners, I mean, you know me, ever since Slave's been drafted, I liked him. And I told him, you know, when he was a rookie. I love him. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but, uh, 
I, I think once again, if they bring pressure, it just makes our defensive back look even better. Um, I, I you know, they draft one this year. I hope it's not. I don't believe it'll be early based on where they're at. Um, I think Nevin Lawson took a huge step back last year. Um, I thought he would be better than you know what he is at this point, but I mean, I don't know if they really flirted with any. I mean, I I was reading Malcolm Butler. They never even really were going to extend him anything. You know, mm-hmm. so maybe either because he was too expensive or, you know, maybe they just thought he wasn't going to fit the scheme that they were going to run, you know, or something like that. But um, still, I mean, I, I still like, you know, you know, Glover Quinn at safety. I mean, was it um, Quandrake Diggs? You know, I mean, that guy's come a long way. I really like him either as the other safety or even playing some nickel, mm-hmm. you know, um, at that end um I, I, I would really like to see Miles Killebrew take a big step up because I, I think he could be, you know, really, really good, you know, in the defensive backfield as well. Um, but uh, I, I like our defensive backfield. I mean, it's not locked down by any stretch of the imagination, but having Slay on one side definitely helps. Um, he is a de- I think he's definitely a high-risk, high-reward type player, though. You know, he will, I mean, he'll talk a lot of junk and get in your face, and, you know, he might get burned every once in a while, but he's going to, He's gonna make some plays, also. So I'm, well, he I'm started. He that. started making the rewards. That's why I, I'm starting to come around on your side, as I felt like for a while he just didn't have any any ints or any big plays, as his nickname says. But now he he's definitely, you know, made strides in that area. So yeah, I'm fine with him over there as the one. I, I guess the reason I asked the question too is because I always felt like New England in the last few years has always been sending high draft resources on corners, and like I know Jim Schwartz, and it felt like uh, Jim Caldwell too were just like ah. You know, we'll just figure out corners and we'll get people off the street. And I, I guess I've never seen it since in the Lions, but I've always wanted them to put invest in those high corners because it's a passing league. And and yeah, we they're going to get hurt, or yeah, they uh, you can go find them in other places. But if you get a couple studs, then you can bump everybody down a peg. You know, Nevin Lawson and. Uh, move digs around and kill the as you said. So I'm just curious. I think this draft will be a, a tell if they uh, if they're going to invest more in a corner because I could see them going corner at 20. You know, just to kind of sure up that end. You know, they already got their linebackers and then um, yeah, they have to beef up beef up the D line. But as we've always heard, you know, if you have guys that can cover, your D line has more time and vice versa. So um, you know, I think that'll be telling because. I'm curious on how much stock they put in uh, in in corners. Uh, I think we are good in the safety area, like you said, and, and backers we already talked about. So, um, give me give me your little take on. Okay, this guy's a rocket scientist. He's uh, he's been on the defensive side of the ball, but he seems to this is his first chance to sort of mold this team. Do you see him working well with uh, JBC and, and and Matt Stafford and being able to? Uh, get us an explosive offense because I feel like our offense for as much like you know clout as Jim Caldwell had as a quarterback and an offensive guy I felt like it was just so stagnant you know we got all these playmakers but we just were so predictable and so stale in the first quarter like do you think he'll be able to ramp up that side of the ball from a head coaching perspective as well because that's what we need too we don't just need a much better defense we need his offense start pumping yeah um with that I think he's going to probably give you know, Cooter some input, but I'm not going to say he's just going to give him the keys to it and let him run it either. You know, it's just, I think he's going to, you know, help with game plan. You know, you know, he's obviously the head coach. He's the one that makes the final call, but I think, you know, 
Jim Bob Scooter is going to have a lot of say in what this offense does. Now, with that being said, you're right. I mean, watching a lot of those, you know, games with Caldwell, it just seemed like the, the offense was like hamstrung. It was like, well, let's not turn the ball over. Everything was like, you know, a check down. And the only time they really start to go downfield is like when they needed to score. You know, like, I mean, I'm sure a lot of teams do that. You know, I, I don't watch, you know, every football game, but you're right. It always seemed like the Lions, you know, you know, never really came out, you know, from the jump to like, you know, you know, like we want to hit them hard fast. You know, we want to we want to get the first punch in. It was always, it was always like, okay, we'll we'll do a methodical drive down the field and we'll get to like the 35 and and we button up and we'll take the three points. You know, they they seem to settle for the three a lot. Um, but I think if they get that offense, I mean, Stafford, you know, I mean he can throw, he can make any throw. You know, Golden Tate, you know, Marvin Jones. I mean, if Kenny Galladay, you know, stays stays healthy. I mean, he can stretch the field. I mean, I, I mean, do we do we need like a Rob Gronkowski tight end? No. I mean, it's I mean in New England they didn't have all those stud wide receivers until they had Randy Moss, but even lately they haven't had any like really Hall of Fame wide receivers. I'm not saying the Lions have Hall of Fame wide receivers, but they definitely have guys who can get open, um, guys who can catch the ball. You know, that's 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 big. But um, now, Griff, uh, when you when you say that, would you would you put the stagnant flow offense? You're saying Jim Bob Cooter's still going to be leading this group, and obviously he is the coordinator. But it, was it the last year or so? Was he hamstrung, or does he not have it? I think I think he was hamstrung by Caldwell. I think Caldwell was very conservative. You know, yeah. he was one of those coaches, and I mean, because what it it worked for him in what Baltimore, but Baltimore's defense, you know. No offense to our current defense or what it may be, was leaps and bounds better than what Detroit had. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to be perfectly honest with you, I mean Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs. I mean, yeah. he had he had those guys where the Lions don't have anybody close to those guys. You know, they they don't. They, let's be honest here, they just don't. So he mm-hmm. could be like, well, let's not turn the ball over. We'll let our defense win it. Detroit hasn't had that defense, you know, in the last few years. You know, now since they've had what Dominic and Sue and you know that team a few years ago. That had just like a stellar defense that could stop anybody, but Detroit doesn't have that. So no, I think they need to you know open up the playbook a little bit, you know, push the ball down the field, you know, and everybody's like, well, let's go get running backs, you know, control the game. I mean, Detroit plays a lot of games indoors. I mean, you know, unless you go to Green Bay late in the year, Chicago late in the year, you know, that's when you really have to worry about you know keeping on the ground, the bad weather games. You know, so to speak. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. We've been nice to have a running back, so Stafford doesn't have to throw the ball so much. But uh, still, I think they need to stretch that field, and that will definitely help. You know, help the running backs at some point. You know, if you know you open it up, and you know you're able to, you know, you know, there's not there's not eight nine guys stacked in the box. You know, you can you can uh, get more running room with uh, with an offense that can stretch the field more. Okay. Yep, I agree. So you're saying that uh, you do think Caldwell was uh, kind of leading from behind the scenes was a little bit uh, telling him to be conservative, you know, balance out that run game where maybe you think Matt Pat is going to kind of work with him, but also let him open it up, be a little more free. Hey, do what you got to do to score points, type of thing. Exactly. I think he's just, he's going to let him let him run run his offense. And I think I think Jim Bobcooter wants to run a more a, a more open offense. Um, either you know go a little faster, you know throw, you know throw a little deeper down the field, a little more often, you know st- stretch the field more, which would help. And I think 
um, Patricia's going to allow Cooter to do that. I mean, yeah, I hope so. I, I mean, look, I, well, look what they did in New England. I mean, there was games where everybody thinks like, yo, Tom Brady, he's just going to hand off the ball because their run defense ain't that good. And, I mean, they're just throwing the ball all over the place. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you've seen those games where Tom Brady's throwing the ball like 45 times, 50 times, and, you know, you just you wouldn't think it would happen. I mean, so I think he will – there's going to be games where – like the game plan, like the like the scouting part, and be like, well, Detroit should be able to run on these guys. You know, they're going to try to establish the run, and you know, they just have Matt Stafford just going, just chuck the ball all over the field. You know, mm-hmm. I think you, I, I I think that's what he may do. I mean, it worked in New England. I can't see why it, it wouldn't be able to work here, especially with the offensive weapons we have. Yeah, I I hope so, but I hear that all the time. Oh, we'll do whatever we have to do to win or score points, and I feel like we haven't seen it on the field. We've seen the old uh, traditional football where the, hey, let's balance it out. Let's uh, put handcuffs on our coordinator. Let's not go for it on fourth and short. So I think that'll be another telling thing for Matt Pat as the leader of this team to not just say it, but go out and do it. If you got to sling it, swing it. If you want to pound it on people, pound it, but – like, uh, you know, have that smarts to be able to say it and follow through on Sundays to lead to victory. So that's what I'm hoping for. 